to do? I'm going to play with them. Get her out of here. Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another Puny Pod, a short-form podcast where I visit a specific film or comic book all by myself. Yes, so I am alone here for the first ever installment of Wizard Month. So I have pre-recorded some of these already. Some are still being recorded um, quite late into the fact, including this one. But we are rolling on, we're rolling ahead, and we are cracking on with the very first instalment. So I've got a lot. Uh, I've got an amazing lot of guests to share with you. I've got some films and some comics, which I'm going to share today. Uh, So much so. I've been looking forward to this. And you guys on the Patreon, uh, you voted for this over Andy's World War II month. So um, we'll we'll get to him and towards the end of the month and his feelings on that. Don't you worry. He has has feelings. Um, (laughs) But we're going to be talking today about X-Men Magic Ilyana and Storm. So if you listen to our underrated X-Men podcast with me and Ben, the attention-seeking geek, go and listen and watch all of his stuff. I'm going to be on his Obi-Wan Kenobi podcast, very podcast, uh, YouTube live video series very soon. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I can't do any of the comics in motion stuff uh, because I promised Ben, uh, but I'm going to be on every single one of those. So it's going to be really fun. So go check that out. But if you listen to that podcast, you'll know that I'm a huge fan of uh, Ileana Rasputin, so uh, uh, Colossus's sister in the X-Men, and she is an X-Man herself and uh, joined the New Mutants early, in their early days and has grown on to become probably one of the more popular female characters within the X-Men franchise. She has uh, teleporting abilities, she creates these stepping discs, but also, which we're going to get into in this story, has a ton of kind of mystical and magical powers. And that's really one of the more interesting things about her. Initially, when she was in the X-Men comics, she was just, you know, um, Colossus's kind of baby sister, and she'd pop up here and there, like she'd be a hostage, like Arcade took her hostage and a few other um, instances maybe when Colossus would go back home and stuff. Um, but this is a, this is when I think she was visiting again uh, with the X-Men. Getting off topic. But I just love the character. I think her backstory, which again, 
is huge. This huge. This story is hugely influencing on her character because before she basically didn't have a character. She was just a child. Unfortunately, she wasn't given much agency. Didn't really have any kind of opinions or insights or anything. She was just kind of there, and that's there's nothing wrong with that to a degree. But this is the story that basically forms her character and really changes her because she goes through a gamut of emotions and issues and abuse and and i i love that character you know i i thought she was i thought she was great in the movie the new mutants movie again i know a lot of people didn't like that but i thought the characters were were treated fairly well i think they were fairly well defined you know they were reflective of what i expect in the comic book for the most part i think maybe uh bobby and sam maybe needed a bit more work or a bit more but i think the the female characters specifically were really strong in those in that film um and yeah i i love when the x-men mixes with stuff that it doesn't usually kind of touch on like i like when it brings in kind of magic elements or horror elements like they find like Dracula, you know, Chris Claremont was having a lot of fun, obviously, but also, you know, he did all sorts of weird decisions and stuff. And, you know, whether you like his work or not, and again, I'm going to get onto that. Um, it's it's up to you, but uh, but I appreciate when they just they did something out of out of the realm of what they normally kind of standard, you know, Sentinels, Magneto, Evil Mutants, that sort of thing. I liked that. I've always did. Um, so yeah, the uh, the collection I'm reading, which is X Men Magic Illion and Storm, and uh, that is uh, it collects issue uh, X Men Uncanny X Men one sixty, and then the title miniseries one to four, uh, the complete miniseries of Magic, Ileana, and Storm. So uh, while training in the Bermuda Triangle, so this is after a, a clash with Magneto, who was living there, basically. I think I think Cyclops um, stumbles upon it and becomes him and his then sort of girlfriend or, um, you know, love interest at the time were there. Maybe, I don't know if they even became love interests. I think they, I think they kind of played with the idea, but then they brought in Madeline Pryor. Anyway, uh, they are in the Bermuda Triangle. And the reason they were there is because Magneto's base was there and it's this kind of almost Lovecraftian-esque kind of ancient civilization kind of city sort of thing. They had a fight with Magneto, they defeated him, but not before. Basically, that issue is 150, if I remember rightly, and it is uh, it ends with kind of Magneto crying and breaking down because he injures Kitty Pride, who is uh, a fellow person of Jewish descent, and this kind of breaks him. And this was the point where Magneto... Uh, began his road to redemption um you know you could you could argue whether he was ever truly redeemed or you know he he dips in and out of of how evil he wants to be but that's what kind of makes him a, a very interesting character Anyway, again, back to the point. So the X-Men are basically training and having a good old uh, a good old kind of sparring session on this uh, on this kind of in the Bermuda Triangle. And all of a sudden, uh, Belasco, who is a demonic kind of prince of hell sort of thing, who lives in limbo. So I guess the prince of limbo. Um, he decides that he wants Ilyana for himself and he wants to corrupt her and make her his bride and use her soul to create 
bloodstones. And these bloodstones would help bring about the return of his masters, the Elder Gods. Uh, so what happens is he's dra uh, Ilion is dragged in and the X-Men follow uh, on this adventure and they discover that the X-Men have already been here. What? And it is an older version. They meet older versions of themselves. They meet dead versions of themselves. They meet evil versions of themselves. Um, and it's all because uh, this in this alternate timeline, um, they did manage to rescue Ilyana, but they actually got stuck there themselves. Um, so Ilyana made it back to Earth safely, but they did not. And uh, spoilers, I will be going into a lot of spoilers with this. Um, they, the opposite happens in this. So Liana is not saved. She is, she is taken by Belasco. And even though they are helped by a sorceress, Storm, who attempts to help them and does manage to kind of change history, so to speak, and they get back and then just as they've had they have Ilyana in their hands like Kitty's holding on to her like come on come on and she lets go for just for a split second lets go of her but because time works differently in limbo which I'll again get on to um she lets go and grabs her again and by the time that split second has gone by she is aged 7 years so she's now a teenager she's gone from like a uh, not a toddler, but you know, a young, a very young child to a teenager, a full-grown teenager, um, and it's uh, it's a bit mad. That's kind of how it ends. So, so she's a basically, in many ways, and again, we'll get onto it, has lost her innocence. Uh, she doesn't discuss her time in limbo. She doesn't go on about it. She pretty much keeps it all to herself, and. The real development of her, her character, arguably, the creation, arguably, of her character happens in this story. But the development and where I became really interested in her and her story was during the run of the New Mutants, where she becomes a, a key player and arguably the star of that book, arguably, I'd say, because she's just so, so fascinating to read about. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's, that's issue X-Men 160, which... Again, kind of gives away the ending of the miniseries, but it's interesting to kind of fill in the gaps between. So I'm glad they included that in this collection. And uh, so Ilyana is, again, pulled pulled in by Belasco, and Storm manages to save her from Belasco for the time being. And he um, he's, you know, she casts him away or kind of causes a spell or escapes him in whatever way. I think they teleport away or something. Um, and Storm in this alternate timeline was actually, she knows magic because she was um, a student of Belasco. So she was, she took up the kind of bride aspect and he, she then realized how evil she was becoming and, uh, potentially, you know, taking over as as Belasco's kind of bride or the ruler of Limbo, and she she decided to turn against that and began kind of fighting against him and the evil version of Nightcrawler, who he kind of has under his power. Colossus is dead. Um, Wolverine is also dead, and they've been killed by Sim, who gets introduced in X Men One Sixty, Uncanny X Men One Sixty, um, who is kind of this almost like a biker gangster kind of this kind of leather jacketed super strong guy like he's throwing like wolverine's claws the the skeleton of wolverine's claws you know he throw he's throwing them at colossus 
and and yeah it's kind of it's he's a real tough bruiser of a character and and he's interesting in his own right but he's he's very he's played in a very modern way like he is he is from earth and and Belasco is this very shakespearean style villain and antagonist um you know very faustian sort of thing so yeah and basically uh, storm begins to teach her magic and to raise her and to teach her things and we discover that Kitty Pride is still alive in this timeline as well, and she didn't wasn't able to help in that fight in the previous issue. But what's happened to her is that she's been partly transformed into an actual cat, and she prefers being called cat as well. And she's got this kind of ninja outfit with a big sword and these massive shurikens she wears on her on her um, on her costume. Now, her and Storm both have ideas of what they need to do and how they can use Ilyana to uh, to stop Belasco. So, but because of all the horrible things that have happened to both Storm and Kitty and the rest of the X-Men, they do contemplate killing her, killing this tiny child, because if Belasco ever gets his hands on her, she's going to go through the worst possible experience ever of her life. And these guys have experienced it, so they know. So you, there's quite the, the stakes are quite high already. Um, but you also get them kind of disagreeing on how they should kind of train her and, and what they need to do. Um, and they, they break off, basically. Storm says, no, you're not teaching her these... You're not teaching her this way. We're going to raise her this way. Uh, so she disagrees. And then later on, she comes back to Storm's kind of uh, place and, and basically kidnaps Ilyana. And then she takes her to this uh, remade version of the uh, a limbo version of the Savage Land. So in Belasco's first appearance, he fought Kazar in the Savage Land and was was driven away because he was trying to use Shana the She-Devil as his, uh, his bride, basically, to uh, bring about the return of the Elder Gods as well. So he's kind of in a... He's a bit bitter and twisted about it, so much so he, he creates these um, statues of them and kind of shouts at them and scowls at, scowls at them and you know he's not he's not happy with with Kazar basically so he holds a grudge um but yeah so uh so Kat has then kidnapped um Ilyana and she is then taught like she grows in age quite drastically I will talk about the kind of the, the timey wimey wibbly wobbly stuff later on but she grows in age and she's been taught combat and Kat is well trained obviously trained by Wolverine uh, she knows how to fight uh, in more ways than one so so she's adding to that and what happens then is they decide this is this is it they're gonna storm the castle they're gonna kill Belasco and they're going to send Ilyana home. It's the only way um, we have to, they have to kill. Basically the the problem with killing Belasco is Belasco is limbo. So you can't kill Belasco without destroying where you are at sort of thing. So it's it's an interesting kind of um, predicament to, to get out of. But um, Ilyana and then Nightcrawler, uh, uh, Ilyana and Kat, like Nightcrawler is really fucked up in this version. He basically represents like the 
Nightcrawler in the book, obviously, he has the demonic appearance, but deep down he is the, the most lovable, cuddly elf, you know, and, and religious, deeply religious man as well. And, you know, ladies' man as well, on top of all the other character traits. He's still my favourite X-Man, regardless um, of what they uh, the writers have done or killed him off or whatever. He's, he's the best X-Man, and he represents that ideal uh, that Xavier has, that dream that he has. Um, but in this version, he, in that issue, in that first issue of Uncanny X-Men, he is groping. Um, he is groping uh, Cap. She, it doesn't say exactly where she's been groped, but it's it's uh, it's it's implied to be very intimate a very intimate area but um so that's why she knows that wasn't you know the the regular kitty knows that that's not nightcrawler because of that he's like he would never do something like that but they managed to kill nightcrawler they managed to trap him in the floor and uh, snap his neck i believe if i remember rightly then cat is uses um Belasco's magic and stuff in the castle to send to send uh, iliana home but it is all for naught as uh, it is revealed it was all a ruse and she didn't actually go home. And all the X-Men she sees are evil because it's not really them. And now Belasco has his hands on Ilyana. Now he's then again, time jumps again. Um, and Belasco is is heavily taught her and she's well under his influence um, in, the, in, the, in the world of kind of the black magics and stuff. And what she do, what he does with cat is he turns her into a full cat human, so she's got no control over herself. She's just a literal kind of cat beast. And while she's trying to to escape, and uh, Ileana's trying to uh, run away, she is forced to kill cat, and she snaps her neck because she's about to kill Storm, who is resolved again, because she knows Belasco has his hands on Ileana, to kill Ileana before they can bring about this return of the Elder Gods, because it's too dangerous, not only for Ileana, but for all of reality, basically. Um, when she manages to escape Belasco, um, well, actually, no, Belasco strands her in the, in, a, in the wasteland of Limbo, and she's dying, she's cold, she's hungry... And during this point, her mutant powers emerge, which is, again, the teleporting stepping disks. And this really tragic um, moment happens where she is she teleports herself home. She goes straight back to Russia. She meets her, her parents and she's like, it's me, Ileana, I'm home. And they're like, what are you talking about? Our daughter is not that old. Who are you? How dare you? How dare you offend us? How dare you come back and lie? How dare you? Who are you? I don't care. Get out. Get out of my house. And Ilyana is, is visibly upset. And again, time and reality and space is all confused in limbo so all these kind of things could could not have happened could be an alternative timeline could be the the right one could be the wrong one don't know where in time she lands and she uh, she's devastated because they are fucking rude to her but, but it is you know it is Ilyana it's definitely Ilyana and then the new mutants uh, pop up as well when she goes back to Limbo. Um, she has to go back to Limbo because she's not strong enough yet, I think, or something like that. It's quite an in-depth book. There is a lot of uh, stuff to kind of remember. It's been a while since I read it now, but um, there's a lot of dialogue, obviously, because it's Chris Claremont. So there's a lot of, ooh, and this and this and this. Um, very descriptive. But yeah, the new mutants turn up. But they're like, oh, that's Ilyana, but not the Ilyana we know. 
So it, it basically implies that later on uh, they're going to have a time travel adventure where they're going to meet this this version of Ilyana, even though they know the, the, the first one they meet is the oldest version of Ilyana at that point, which is when she comes out of uh, of the uh, of the adventure but yeah and uh, she eventually tries to replicate the magic that storm used so she is so storm's magic is like kind of earth based and um kind of very much to her because she's a lover of plants and nature and all this sort of stuff so she can create like an acorn so so Ilyano's trying. She's trying to be trying to master these powers um, that have been taught to her by, um, you know, Belasco and by Storm and a little bit of Kitty. And she's trying to combine everything, and it just doesn't work. She can't get it to work. But then she decides, why am I trying to create something that isn't me? That doesn't represent me. What if I created a weapon? And she creates the first soul sword so she pulls it out of herself the dark child as well um starts coming out of her at this point like uh it's kind of her demonic kind of other self her kind of jekyll and hyde persona um and it's more she has a more demonic look and a scarier look and and again every time she uses this soul sword like more and more of the armor grows on her um this would come to a finale somewhat in the uh the storyline the crossover inferno during the 80s um a little bit but again she's died and come back and um she basically spoilers for that event as well but she um again you can read this on a wikipedia you probably already have she kind of gets rid of her demonic powers and everything and goes back to being her original age. But then, unfortunately, she contracts the legacy virus, which is um, it's basically a metaphor for, um, you know, it's a, a, a trade-off for, like, it's like mutant AIDS, basically, unfortunately, or HIV. And she dies of that really tragically. However, she does come back to, the, to life because it's X-Men. And who doesn't die and come back to life in these stories? That's all they ever do. Um, so, uh, but yes, so uh, Ilyana creates his soul sword and almost defeats uh, Belasco. He turns human. She becomes more demonic. But then she realizes, I don't want to become like him. I don't want to be like Belasco. I'm better than that. So he escapes uh, and she leaves Limbo because she was taking over Limbo. And uh, and that and that's it. She she goes home. And that's where it picks up and, and Kitty grabs her again and pulls her out. But yeah, that is the story itself. Um, it is it's it's fun. I I would say I, I enjoyed it a lot. But there was there was a, a lot of stuff I wasn't. I'd say it's it's good. It is a good story. It's solid. It's got everything you want. Um, I will say there was a few things that that confused me or I didn't really understand. So like Belasco is periodically creating these bloodstones, but it, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason why and when he creates them. It's not like, you know, I feel like he's if there was some sort of thing like, oh, now we can create a bloodstone and now we can create the bloodstone because of this, you've done this. Maybe if there was like a prophecy where something would occur or this will occur and the, the next bloodstone will be created. But it kind of just it kind of just seems to just like, yep, now, now, here's another one, here's another one. And I was like, mm, it doesn't like or if there was some sort of phenomenal event like Storm dies or Cat dies, and it's like, oh, now I can create the bloodstone because you've been through this and you've experienced this and ha ha ha. Something like that. I just I didn't get that. 
Um, and I think problem is with magic, you kind of have to set some sort of rules or structure with it. And I think that's not always how it works in the thing. Um, Tom Palmer inks um, the story. I forgot to say who wrote it as well. I said Chris Claremont wrote it, but the art was by John Busima, uh, Sal Busima and Ron Friends. But the inking is by Tom Palmer, which I don't mind his inking. The only problem is you always know it's him doing the inking. And he did, like, and it, it sometimes kind of, can not ruin the art, but there's a, it's almost like it, it puts on like a, it's a, it's a filter almost. It's an inking filter that goes over the art. And sometimes I appreciate it. Sometimes it looks good. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know if it really works with this art. So yeah, love it or loathe it, he does the inks in this. So if you're familiar with the work of all those artists, you will you will notice it looks specifically quite different. It's because Tom Palmer's inks are so heavy. Um, and again, they're not bad. They are not bad. It's just that, unfortunately, you lose some of the art underneath his work. Another thing I didn't really like or appreciate was the the story seems to be quite linear. It seems to happen over almost a couple of weeks or almost instantly you pick up from the last issue. You know, it's it's not very clear how much time has passed or but she just all of a sudden is just like, "Oh, I'm older." And I'm like, "Okay, but I I thought it was going to be kind of like interstellar rules where, you know, actually she had lived the full 7 years of her life in limbo, like full years. And then on Earth, it was only a moment. But then it kind of does explain why the X-Men haven't aged or they go basically straight back to the time they left. Um, So I guess that kind of makes sense that it's just all changing and constantly moving. So like certain characters will age, but certain ones won't. Um, Yeah, I, I, I get it. But I kind of, I just felt, again, it needed a bit more kind of consistency. And I guess... Maybe he's playing with the kind of loose rules for later on. He didn't want to restrict himself story-wise, but it was just like, oh, it's just different, and I need her to be a teenager so she can join the New Mutants. It did feel a little forced, but um, I don't know. It's it's one of those, but it's miles may vary, I will say. Um, but I love this character. I love all of this. Could it have gone a bit darker? Maybe not at the time in the 80s. I don't think you can go this dark with a mainstream, this much darker with a mainstream title. Because obviously in the film, you know, this obviously is reflective of real life kind of tragedies and, and horrible instances of, of you know, girls being child brides or, you know, sex slaves and things like that. That's very much reflective in her story. But obviously they use the demonic possession and stuff as a kind of a framing device to tell that story. And I think it does work to a degree, but I think that they kind of dance around it a little bit. I think in more modern comics, you see a bit more of that backstory and what really was kind of done to her and the kind of devastating and 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 why she's you know a little bit evil a bit fucked up you know that's what makes her a really fascinating character i love her dark sense of humor i love how she's such uh <laughs> she's very sassy I, I love that she doesn't suffer fools gladly as well um, she's got a cool sword like all the armor and stuff like every iteration of her has a really cool uh, definitive look and and I, I i you know i loved uh i loved her in the film like i said and i think her her way of sorcery and her going around it was really interesting and and the way how she struggled it wasn't like oh i'm just magic now and that's it it was a 
proper struggle and a learning experience. I love seeing these alternate X-Men as well and what could have been. Um, I, I think there's a lot to like about this story. I don't, I don't think it's the best X-Men story I've ever read, but, you know, it, what is going to be? There's so many kind of classic ones out there. But I think if you like the idea of a, a mystical X, X-Man and a, a character like this that has been through this sort of kind of trauma, um, and if you like magic, if you like wizards, um, this, this is the story for you, I think. But yeah, I hope you guys have uh, have enjoyed it. I hope you've enjoyed me chatting absolute rubbish yet again. Um, this comic is available on Comixology and loads of other places, eBay and Amazon, no doubt. So if you want to do that, it's also collected in a in I think it's the New Mutants Epic Collection. I think the Volume One of the New Mutants Epic Collection it's collected in with uh, with the other with the Uncanny X Men uh, issue as well. So yeah, give that give that a go if you like it um if you like the sound of it if you haven't read it already go go read it tell tell me what you think tell me i'm wrong tell me i'm right tell me what you think as well but yeah that's genuinely the story and that's it but that's the first installment um of wizard month i hope you're enjoying it so far and i hope you have much uh, more enjoyment in the future episodes i know i do so uh i hope you're enjoying but next up we're gonna have paul Dumac is going to be in uh, and the super dummy paul if you don't listen to uh comics in motion head over or um you know and his podcast as well check that out um i'll leave links to that as well below um we're going to be talking about fred ward's uh cast a deadly spell now i'm going to say this up front uh, we recorded this before the death of Fred Ward, so if we don't mention it, uh, you know why. Uh, basically, it's been recorded way, way before, and it's really tragic that he is gone just as we were literally covering a film uh, that he was in and that he's the lead of. But yeah, uh, we will see you next week. And patrons, uh, you will be getting this early because you are amazing. Uh, so I'm going to get this out to you as soon as possible. So you can find me again at Secret Bores on Facebook. Uh, Twitter, it's Dan underscore Bores. Instagram, it's Spider Dan Secret Balls. Review, like, share, comment, and subscribe. Uh, don't forget to use the hashtag Prepare for Prattle when you interact with us. If you want to join the Prattalion and to be briefed in full on the Secret Balls, swing over to Prattle World at spiderdanandthesecretballs.com. Okay, I'd like to also thank my patrons, amazing people. I am Jack's Musings, Paul Meller, Max Burns, Scott Hodgson, Simon Cotton, Mike Burton, and Angry Andy Reviews for their continuing donations it is very much appreciated and helps prattle world keep on turning if you find yourself in a position to help the podcast please consider it okay guys i'll leave you there thank you again and i hope you enjoy the rest of a wizard month 